Dude, what did I play? Oh, Assassin's Creed. Which, the performance of Assassin's Creed, I was shocked. It's great on the PS3. It's so much better than the Xbox 360. I'm kind of pissed I, I played the other ones on 360. It's that much better. Do you think that you would have liked uh, Assassin's Creed no. 3? <laughs> <laughs> Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with Nick Zellenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? And Joel Couture. And screw you, Barnes & Noble, for not letting my story be available to be purchased by people outside of the United States. You guys can all enjoy the story. I just published this today, actually, but uh, nobody else can. Good job on you guys, though. Well, to fill everybody in, Joel Couture had his uh, first, I guess, work officially published. And Nook Magazine. Yeah. Except if you are anywhere outside the United States, you can't enjoy this work. Which is basically all of my family and friends who would probably buy it. <laughs> Victory! Well, it is bitter. But, hey, it could be worse. It could be not published at all. Exactly, which was me yesterday. Uh, yes. Shell of man. Big difference. Big difference. All right, but yeah, this is uh, MASHcast number 105. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's see, uh, Nick, what have you been playing? Um, still Warcraft, still Hearthstone. Uh, but I did actually uh, get, feel compelled to play another card game, uh, and I downloaded uh, for free off PlayStation Plus uh, Poker Night at the Inventory 2, um, which is basically just a poker game, but you're playing against Brock Samson from the Venture Brothers, Claptrap from Borderlands, uh, Sam of Sam and Max fame, and uh, Ash from Army of Darkness. Um, overall, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you're, you know, you, you play these little $20,000 tournaments. You can play Texas Hold'em or Omaha. And then the whole premise is that you're supposed to study the, uh, the avatars to determine when they're bluffing or not. Um, I'm not good at that. I just play the cards that I have, and I played fairly tightly, and that did fairly well for me, um, at least through the first few tournaments. Then I then I got a little – I just stopped caring and just started betting randomly because, again, it's all – it's not real money. <laughs> so, so why not just go all in on the first hand? Right. And, uh, yeah, that kind of, like, destroyed the nature of the game. Um, it was a little bit fun. Um, I mean, Brock Samson is Brock Samson. It felt like the character from the Venture Brothers. He looks like the character from the Venture Brothers. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of, you know, fun to see him interacting. I'm not too familiar with Claptrap from Borderlands to know. It's um, annoying. How the, it was, it acted annoying. Um, That's perfect. Then it was, yeah. Um, and, uh, well, it should and also, be annoying in a funny, cute way. Uh, yeah, it yeah. Was it was none of those things. It was, well, no, it was, it was pestering, uh, it was like pestering and needling Brock, um, 
and uh, it, it's and, like having a machine that doesn't work in the house. Like the internet is busted, but the internet box also talks like an annoying shithead. So I'm guessing you that's don't clap like trap. No, I don't. I don't much care for claptrap. Really? As, yes. Did you play Borderlands Two? Is that just all from Borderlands One? That was all from Borderlands One. I played through Borderlands Two uh, One by myself far too much, so that I couldn't was even part of your try problem. to play. <laughs> That was definitely my problem. Yeah. So just playing the tutorial, I just shoot at that thing anytime I saw one. Yeah, he's. I, I didn't mind him in Borderlands One, but in Borderlands Two, he's really funny. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> they must have heard me. <laughs> Uh, you got told about Borderlands 2, but how? Actually, there's, there's this one part specifically, like, you know, it's toward the end of the game, and you're at this gate, right? And you just fought off a bunch of enemies, and Claptrap is like, okay, we're gonna go in here, we're gonna storm, and he gives this huge speech, okay? And it's pretty funny, but then, like, you know, you, now you've seen Claptrap, he, he, run, he has a wheel, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So the gate's open, and it leads to a bunch of steps. He's like, oh, no! <laughs> it was hilarious. Because then he gives another speech. About, like, almost like he's dying. Like, you know, you're going to have to go on without me. And blah, blah. Yeah, it was funny. So, I enjoy Claptrap. But go ahead, Nick. Continue. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, I, I think your enjoyment of the game will go... Um, will, will, will entirely depend on how well you react to the characters. Uh, Ash from Army of Darkness, well, an iconic character. Um, it, I mean, he's he, he's fundamentally he's Ash from the the Army of Darkness game, so it's a digital representation of what uh, Bruce Campbell used to look like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's an okay impersonation of him, but it doesn't. You can tell it's not him, and so that I thought was a little weak. Uh, Glados is the uh, not really the dealer, but she sort of manages the game. Right. Um, and she will she will comment um, appropriately based on your actions as far as whether you should have folded or not, um, or whether you should have bet as much as you did. Um, so I mean, all the characters are are, are in or hit hit the right notes. Um, so I mean, that's enjoyable there. My only problem is that I, I, I was approaching it, and I mean, fundamentally, it's a card game, so the cards should be random. But I, it almost felt like at some point, like I was progressing through levels in a way like like the hands were predetermined and i'm supposed to like figure out what i'm doing in any given hand because the next hand is going to sort of be like that and then with like an added twist um and i say that only because i got three hands in a row that were all the same hold cards uh Mm -hmm. different suits but it it was three ace fours and that i mean that that's a sign of randomness if that happens but that's all that also it also felt like the game's trying to teach me something here like why you keep giving me the same three card or the same two cards over and over again to kind of play out the same situations um but uh i mean it's 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 a it's a single player poker game so you know you get what you get out of it um but for free off of uh for free off uh, playstation plus i have no arguments with it um, and Brock's, it was fun playing with Brock Sampson, I will, I will admit that. Um, the other game that I played, which wasn't really much of the game, but I did download and play the Stanley Parable demo, right which on. was mo- the most mind-blowing demo I've ever played. <laughs> and the only reason I'm not playing the Stanley Parable itself is because I'm, I'm just being incredibly cheap. Yeah, it is a bit too expensive. But... Uh, that I mean, seriously. For I mean, the demo took maybe maybe a half hour, if that, and it was just it it was just the most surreal experience. That and from what I understand, the game is the same way, and I I can't really talk 
I, I, and I actually read an interview with one of the developers, and even he was like hard pressed to describe the game. <laughs> um, but so my understanding is that the game is just as surreal as the demo, and I'm, ho- I'm, I'm guessing you can agree to that, Joel. Oh yeah. So she is definitely a strange one. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. I know I'm going to play that at some point, as soon as I stop feeling cheap. Um, but that's not right now. But if, yeah. if, at the very least, I would say that at the very least, there's no reason why anybody hasn't played the the demo because it's it's free. It takes a half hour. Um, as long as you have Steam, you can just download it real quickly. Um, yeah, outside of the fact, if if you don't have a machine that can play it, that really should be your only excuse for not playing it. And even then, like steal one. So. <laughs> And I, I enjoyed that immensely. Okay. Clearly, you're advocating theft. Yes. yes. <laughs> Kill a family if they have one that you need. <laughs> all right. What about you, Joel? Uh, I actually haven't been playing all that much. Uh, the publishing thing sort of took over my week, but uh, I did play some more Pokemon, and. Uh, didn't get much farther than I was last week, but I did play with some other people and found out the trading system. My God, I didn't play black or black, black and white or black and white two, but you can trade anywhere now. Like if you're just on the map and like one of your buddies is online, like I want to trade with you right now, you can trade there. None of this going back to the Pokemon Center, right. going into a room, making sure you sync up. You could just trade wherever the hell you are. It's like give me five minutes. I need to catch something stupid. If you you're giving them something for free or something like that. Like it's just right. so, so much more streamlined and easy to just do something simple like that. So again, like this, I, I would wish I had more time to play it, but, uh, it is key. It is still impressing me. So really enjoying that. Uh, I did finish uh, slender, the arrival. Um, that was one hell of a scary evening. I spent playing that. Um, I was pretty put off by it and having trouble sleeping that night. Because uh, the monster in it, Slenderman. I mean, most people played the the eight pages, and really, this does just sort of build on that with the the Slenderman creature, where you if you look at him for too long, you go insane and die, and he can sort of teleport and be wherever he likes. And, you know, it doesn't matter that you've just seen him and turned to run away from him; he might be right behind you when you turn around too. Mm. So it makes for a pretty scary game. Um, the only nuisance of that is it, a lot of the levels are still based around collecting things. So when you're being chased by an enemy that can teleport and do whatever it wants, appear as close as it likes, and practically kill you instantly on contact, you have to screw around the woods, find eight items that are quite small. Like They do blink a little bit, but they're, they're not very big, and they're usually behind something. So if you want to go around exploring, looking for these things, and then have him show up, all of a sudden you're tearing off in the woods. You don't know where you are. You're not sure if you've missed an item or what, or how far back it is, or which one of the things you haven't gone to. So it can get frustrating from a gameplay stance, but it's still terrifying to sort of be puttering around the woods and dealing with that. Um, they added another creature into it, too, that uh, behaves differently. It has more... It's it's bound by a few more rules. It can't teleport well, as much. Um, but uh, this thing is just sort of, I don't know, it looks sort of like Casey Jones from Ninja Turtles with long hair, for lack of a better way of describing it. Right. Uh, I just kind of got like this weird face on it. But anyway, um, it has to run after you and catch you. 
and you can uh, you can get it to stop running by shining your flashlight in its face. But uh, otherwise, that thing just chases you as soon as it catches wind of you and follows you wherever you go. So your best bet is to flick on your light, hopefully turn a few corners, and then hopefully you've lost it for a few minutes at least. But uh, that was one of the harder levels of the game because really, once that thing sees you, it never stops, never gives up. Genuinely frustrating. Hmm. But uh, it, it, but in the same vein, it's entertaining because it is really scary. But it's sort of like a, it hits this weird balance where I would go from really frustrated to really terrified. So uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I can see the the fetch quest nature of it's getting annoying for some people, but it is it is a good scary game, especially in the the fourth level where you're running through a house and trying to shut doors and windows. Just uh, pretty scary, especially because you're you're facing against Slenderman in really tight spaces, right. so it's really hard to get away from him in any reliable way. And uh, that was the thing that took up most of my time. Beyond that, I played a little Mega Man X3 because that game goddamn rules, still rules, all these years later. I mean, Frig, uh, you you probably mostly played this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Screw you. <laughs> it's just good Mega Man, guys. It's just goddamn good Mega Man. Like, I, I knew I liked the X series, but playing it against, like, holy shit, I love this game. Just good, solid challenge. And, th- I mean, this is the one where you get uh, extra bosses added to it as soon as you beat two of the main bosses. Right. They're decently difficult. So, I mean, it's pretty hard to get through the levels unless you want to, like, host secret items. But the secret items are well hidden, too. Not just talking like behind shit or what's common in games now, like genuinely well hidden. And also, in another vein, screw you, Mega Man X3, for hiding that one secret elevator to vial in that one hidden area with by putting a health item nearby so I would fall into it like a moron. Because I can't beat vial without most of the power ups. That, that fucker's relentless. Slenderman fucking takes lessons from vial. Piece of shit. <laughs> no, right, just. Cool. Good old Mega Man. Can't beat it. Yeah, you can't beat the classics. Most Cannot. of the time. Most of the time. Must not. Uh, well, for me, the only new thing I've played, I, I'm, I'm, I played Gas Guzzlers some more, which it got better as the game progressed. Like, it's, I think last week I complained about, you know, when you play it and you have those levels that you don't have weapons, it gets boring. But the tracks do get a bit better. Uh, that review will be out soon. But what I did buy, and I did not expect to be as good as it is, is Assassin's Creed 4. Black Flag. Let me tell you. <laughs> it makes up for Assassin's Creed 3. Really? Yeah, it, it does. Like, it really... It's like... It's like they really paid attention to what people were pissed off about with AC3 and didn't do it like like... You know, AC3, you got like five hours worth of tutorials. Like, your whole playthrough with Haytham is like one big tutorial, and it's boring, you know? Uh, whereas this one, like, you know, you start as Edward Kenway. Like, the game starts, the very first scene is a naval battle during a storm. Naval battle during a storm. That's the very first scene. Uh, so you're fighting, like, as soon as the game starts, you are fighting within the first few seconds. You know, um, so you start off there and you find and you, uh, I guess you see, I don't want to give too much of the story away, but you, you know, you see an assassin and, you know, you chase him around and then, you know, they, they, 
when they teach you stuff, it's quick. It doesn't take, they, they, they quickly teach you how to climb. They quickly teach you how to, you know, uh, stealth in the bushes. They quickly teach you how to, you know, grab people from behind, all, all that stuff. Everything is taught very quickly. Uh, and, and some of the stuff that's going to take longer, like, you know, full-blown naval combat, like, it's fun. Like, what they have you doing is actually fun, okay? Um, one thing I will say, year for year, they constantly get better at hiding the mechanics of the game. Like, hiding where you can climb and jump up. And I shouldn't say hiding it, but making it blend in. It blends in so well, like, when you traverse, like, the rooftops of these of these places. Uh, but the naval combat, now it's like you don't have to go on missions. Now you literally, you just go to the dock, you hop on your boat, you get behind the wheel, and you sail. Like, you can sail from Havana, Cuba to Kingston, Jamaica. Like, you can you can take that trip if you want to. And the, the weather is random, so sometimes you'll get into a storm, uh, sometimes you'll get into a hurricane, and the thing about it is, like, when you, part of the fun of just of, of of being on the sea is controlling the ship. It's not like you just steer it and it goes in that direction. Like, you have to fight with the waves and with the wind and all that stuff. It's just, it's awesome. It really is awesome. And boarding a ship is is great. It's a great feeling every single time I do it. <laughs> okay. Just, like, taking their shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know... Like sometimes I'll see a ship in distance because you get a spyglass now, so you can see the ship in the distance. I'll chase it down. And I'll get next to it, and I really do wish I could just put yo ho motherfuckers on the side of my ship. Like it's, <laughs> it would be awesome. Like <laughs> it, it, it would be awesome. But like you know, you get you basically you do battle the ship, and you just got to get it down far enough to incapacitate it, but don't sink it. Then you uh, you ride up next to it. You have your crewmates, uh, you know, throw ropes to it, and they pull it in, and then you all jump across, and you start fighting. So, like, you usually have to kill a certain amount of people on the other ship to take it. So, you either kill, and sometimes you have additional objectives, like, sometimes you have to kill, like, let's say 10 people on the other ship, depending on how big the ship is, and destroy their flag. Or, you know, kill, uh, you know, a certain amount of people, and then kill the, uh, like, the scouts or the, the, the captains. You know, stuff like that. And then you have an option, like, in the beginning, you pretty much can only use the other ships. You can, like, steal some of their crew, you take their supplies, and you repair your ship. But, like, later on, you can start building your fleet. And you can actually take their ships and put it into your fleet if you want to. So, actually, there's these things called hunter ships. Because you have a one-it level, like like GTA style. You get a one-it level. And so, like, once you, you're wanted a certain amount, they'll, like, you know, they'll send out these hunter ships that try to hunt you down and take you out. So I love letting them get close and then battling out with them and then take their ship. Because the hunter ships are cool. Like, they'll have, like, red sails and, like, cool stuff on the front of the ship. I'm like, I want that in my fleet today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I, and therefore I take it. Mm-hmm. So, but that's been fun. Like, it's definitely extending the game for me. Um, because I have... Like for example, like the last one of the last missions uh I did yesterday was uh I had to sail pretty much sh- full across the map. But I, if I wanted to, I could have used uh some I could have used uh the fast travels. You can fast travel around to a lot of different a lot of these places. So I could use fast travel and I could do that. But instead, I just chose to sail the sea because it was fun to do 
And uh, then I, as ships came along, I just, you know, I plundered along the way. It was awesome, man. You can you can go up to almost, you can go up to any dock. Dock anywhere, get off the ship, go do what you need to do. Hop back on the ship, go somewhere else. There's these islands, you can just like, you know, anchor down, get off the damn ship, go into these islands, kill some animals, get the skins, go back to the ship. Like, it's awesome what they did. So, there's that, and then just like the gameplay itself has just been a lot of fun. You know, it it definitely does not suffer nearly as, you know, it suffered as bad as AC3 did. AC3, there were two parts in that game that made you want to keep playing. There's the part where at the end of sequence three, when you find out the twist of, you know, about Haytham. Okay. So there's that part. And that keeps you going for a while. Then there's a part later on in the game where Haytham and Connor meet up. And I didn't expect for them to meet up that way. And that, from that point started to like, you know, I started to, that, that kept me going there. But by the time I got to the end of the game and especially the ending of the game, I wanted to, oh, that, the ending of that game was so, it was so shitty. So shitty. <laughs> not even funny. Um, but in this game, there actually is a real world element as well. Of course, you're not Desmond because of what happened at the end of AC3. You, got, well, you have a question, Nick? Or are you just that intrigued? I'm looking at your face. <laughs> no, no. Well, no. I, well, that's, I think that's one of the things that I'm, I'm fundamentally curious about is I feel like one of the reasons you didn't like AC3 so much is because, like, it, not that it shat on the lore, but it really. I think lore-wise, it didn't sound like it was it was very very good. Like this, the, like the the ultimate resolution of the story was terrible. And here, they it almost seems like they distanced the uh, they distanced the, the 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 narrative that they're telling and, and where, how they set it from the the ongoing narrative from the other games. And I think I'm wondering if that sort of influenced your enjoyment of it because it's hard for them to screw up a story that they're not actively playing with. Well, at first, like when you first get there, you're just you're you're in employee of an abstergal entertainment which i mean that's not a uh a foreign concept for uh for um people who've played like the multiplayer because of the multiplayer for the last one you were an employee of uh, uh not employee sorry but it was uh the multiplayer was was dressed as an abstergo game let's say uh they, they try to break the fourth wall uh in this game because they mentioned ac liberation as a uh, as a collaboration between Abstergo Entertainment and Ubisoft. What? Yeah, they they make it. They try to make it seem like that's a movie, like it's a like it's a movie that was produced by Abstergo Entertainment and Ubisoft. Huh? So they try to break the fourth wall a little bit. Um, but yeah, so you're you're this employee, and like you don't see your face. It's all everything you do you do is in first person, and you get there and you have your desk, and it has an animus there, and you're you know, at first it's kind of like, well, how do you see these memories? Because I would think, you know, I, I, from what I understood, this guy has the same, has the memories of, you know, a common an- ancestor of Damon, or not Damon, but um, Desmond, sorry. And so I would think, oh, he, they must be related, but there's something else. There's another reason why I can, why um, he can see that. And they explain it in the beginning. I just don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't beaten AC3, because if I tell you how they are able to do it, it will ruin the ending of AC3, because you can put the pieces together really fast. But so you're going through these memories that aren't yours, uh, but later on in the game, you're, you get access to other people's computers and you're able to hack them, and that is how you get story information. Okay? That's how you get, 
you know what 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 happened with that team with Desmond's team, uh, what they're doing now, all that stuff. So that that's how they're relaying that information. But you know, you only come out every few sequences. Like I think the first time I the I was pulled out of the Animus was sequence three. At the end of sequence three was when I was pulled out of the Animus. So it's it's good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's just. I actually I kind of have a challenging mission ahead of me where they don't want me to kill anybody, which is not the first time they did. I, I've had to do it and not kill anybody. I just had to knock him out, but the way they want me to do it, I don't think I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna be that that easy. So, uh, but yeah, AC AC four Black Flag, definitely good. And the PS3 version runs so much better than the 360 version. Oh my god! The only time it's uh, like a lot of chop, um, I would say is. Around, is when it rains, it, it probably dips down to about 30 frames. But other than that, the game runs at about 50, about 50 frames per second. You know, that's how you know I'm a PC gamer because I can I can eye 50 frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. skill will come in handy today. Today. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> there goes Nick with that foreshadowing. <laughs> actually, one a, a different kind of foreshadowing. Um, did you hear about, or did you actually come across the Watchdogs? Um, Easter egg that's in Assassin's Creed. No, is it a poster? Yeah. No, I haven't. It, I, I haven't d- seen it. There's a poster for CTOS, which I guess that's the operating system that is in uh, Watch Dogs, and all the the hacking is done off that. And apparently, that's referenced in uh, in AC4. I have to next time I hack a terminal. I have to see. Huh. That's interesting. I wonder because the thing is, the the guy who I'm talking, who the IT guy is the one who shows you how to hack in the first place, and I don't recognize his voice at all. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's that's a Watchdogs tie-in. So, but that just that just blows my mind. Then if Abstergo and Assassin's Creed take place in the same universe as Watchdogs, which takes place in the same universe where Ubisoft is making Assassin's Creed Liberation. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I kind of want to finish AC uh, Liberation before I play the special mission I have access to because I because I got the PS3 version, I I have access to the um to the one hour special content for PS3. So it was funny because I almost picked up the special edition for Xbox. They had one. The place I went to, they still had one, and I was very tempted. But I was like, you know what? I've been burned too many times. Forget about it. the game. It's probably not even going to be that good. And I pick it up for PS3, and I'm like, oh, the game was awesome. Maybe I should have got the special edition. So, but I'll just wait. I'll do what I do, do with a lot of special editions. No, a lot of people don't buy the expensive ones, so you just wait. And then Best Buy has them on sale for like sixty bucks or fifty bucks. That's how I have this dragon from Skyrim. I I don't even <laughs> like Skyrim, but the dragon is awesome. So, but yeah, that's that's me. That's what I've been playing, Assassin's Creed. But um, I guess let's get into our topics. Uh, speaking of Best Buy. <laughs> we can uh, roll right into our first topic. So Best Buy has this membership program that they're making called the uh, the Unlocked Epic Gaming Membership. And what it is, is it'll, it'll give you 20% discount off of new games. That's $60. Uh, no, sorry, you know, games that are 60 bucks because they really don't sell PC games. And actually, I'm sorry, they do sell some PC games, but it's not applicable to PC games. Uh, only console games, which you're talking 60 bucks or 50 bucks for Nintendo. Uh, the it it's a two year membership. I, I don't see anything here for a one year membership, but a two year membership for 120 bucks. 
So after about 10 games, you'd get your money back. Woo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather about, just, you know, spend the money. And, you know, if I don't buy 10 games, you know, each and, year, then, you well, know. Well, it's 10 like, games over two years. Okay. Well, that's not terrible. But it's 10 games to break even. Yeah, I know. I mean, why would I spend that much money in advance? Exactly. Well, that's what they, they want you to spend that money in advance. <laughs> because I mean, that, that's, that's part of it. Of course the... they do. They love it when you give the money for nothing. Why yeah, don't you get a warranty on those, you know, 10 games while you're at it? They, you know, they why offer don't you just them. leave your wallet behind and, you know, your credit card? They offer warranties on those games. I know they do. Everyone does. And then they won't replace it when it's broken. Oh, really? I've never, I've never well, we bought any replace... of those. It's actually broken. Oh, no, we don't cover broken discs. Really? Is that just Future Shop, or is that actually Best Buy? Uh, actually, that's uh, GameStop in Canada, I know at least. Those little cracks that were come, appearing in the middle of discs yeah. wouldn't cover. Hmm. Wouldn't cover that. No. Wow. That's yeah. Like, it's like, what's good is the warranty then? Well, if you scratch it up, kind of, you know, the kind of thing that you could get fixed up, you know, with your own CD repair kit yeah. or at, like, any old place that happens to ha- do that. For like the two bucks. You mean like Windex? Warranty. You can fix that with like Windex on a paper towel. Well, that works too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know who? You know who told me how to do that? Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> they had a little FAQ. Oh, discs not playing. Try this. I was like, oh shit, son. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I was so happy because at the time I was trying to finish watching. Uh, you know, like the third season of Angel, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> the I'm gonna off. get my David Boreanaz. Yeah, exactly. Can't tell ever tell the guys about this. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good season. That was a good season. You're absolutely right, Nick. <laughs> but <even> back, <laughs> back on topic. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Like this, it only benefits them. Go ahead, Nick. No, I think I know exactly what they're thinking. Because who's going to be going into their stores right now to buy expensive shit? Because really, this only applies to people who are buying expensive shit that they can outlay this money. Right now, we've got two console generations coming out. So you've got parents who are going to be coming in buying this, and they're going to be, going to be looking saying, you know what? We're going to be buying tons of games for our kids over the next two years. They're not thinking about, you know, oh, if I wait to buy the games, they might be cheaper. Especially these are parents who are going to be buying the consoles at launch. They're not the kind of parents who are waiting to be like, you know what? Now's a good time for me to get a PS3. Because, you know, I can get that in a whole library. No, these are parents who their kids need the top of the line shit and they need it immediately. So this gets them to go in and they're like, oh, hey, you know what? We're going to be back here 10 times over the next two years because we need every Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto and Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and, and every game and not just Ubisoft stuff, you know. But so so they're, they're looking to get those people. There's, there's fundamentally a very small market for this. Any, any – any, not just frugal gamer but any – Anybody who, who sort of, you know, has has a wallet, I guess, um, or like anybody who understands a budget, like we know that we're, you know, we know our gaming habits. We know that buying a game at launch when it's $60 is not the best time to buy a game. And I mean, there are games that I think we'll all go out of our way to buy the week or the day that they come out because we're, we're giant fans. But overall, those games are few and far between. I mean, I've subsisted off of you know i've subsisted off of playstation plus uh you know for the last year now and that i mean that's 50 dollars. that's well worth it 
but there, there, there's a certain type of gamer, and I, I guess it's large enough for Best Buy to go after, but there's a certain type of gamer who spends this kind of money out front, and, and I guess the gamble is you think you're going to be back 10 times over the next year to buy those games and make your money back. But will you? Because you're going to buy the console. Maybe you'll buy three or four games, and then you know, little Jimmy's onto something else. And now the console's just sitting there, and you're never going to recoup that investment. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's ten games. Like, even well, I guess it's it is the beginning. Like, you made a good point. It is the beginning of a console cycle. But if you would, if this would have came out last year, like who, like no, like no, who's going to buy ten games? Like ten sixty dollar games in two years. I haven't bought ten sixty dollar games in two years. You know what I'm saying? And that has a lot to do with Steam and Amazon sales and and you know stuff like that. This guy would. Uh, I buy a lot of new shit right when it comes out. I'm stupid for it, but when a new game comes out, I tend to need to have it. The thing is, there's still no way I'd spend hundred and twenty dollars on a game membership because to me, that's two games I could buy right now. That is and, true. I, I mean, it's a it's a good discount for somebody who's gonna, who buys a lot of shit right out of the gate, but it's just such a high price. Like, I can't pay $120 for a discount card. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I'm not going to do that. I don't yeah. care how much it'll pay off later. Like, you... uh, GameStop's $5 card for 10% off use is about my speed. That's about the most I'm ever going to shell out. And even when that needs replacing, I'm all like... God, I really don't want to spend that five dollars on something that's not a game. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I, I just don't want to do it. I'm about to blow this whole thing wide open for you. Uh oh, do it. A fifty dollar Costco membership will get you every game like around forty eight bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boom! Right there, it just blew your mind. Like, 50, like not only do you get in, do you get a cheap games at Costco, you get cheap everything at Costco. You need water? Fine. Have twenty four. You know, for the for ten bucks. <laughs> it's awesome. Do you, you guys need... have the program where if you you, you can you get two percent back of everything you bought from Costco? Yeah, so that's cut like, you a check. It's like a hundred bucks here. Yeah. So you, you might not pay, even pay that fifty dollars. Yeah, actually if I you're have buying the, all your new games. I have it because I have it. it's called the executive membership, so I got it. Because I'm a boss. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I mean, literally have to be a boss. They check that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they, they do have that. But yeah, like games that, you know, if I wanted like 20% off of games, which, which would be around like 48 bucks, uh, Costco has that already. And I already have a membership to that. So why would I need to go to Best Buy and pay 120 bucks? It's Costco. They, they'll be your friend. <laughs> go ahead, Nick. One, one question. Yeah. Who buys strategy guides? Because shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't make me say it. I buy them if they look nice, but I yeah. never I never read them. I have <laughs> I have a portal strategy guide that's never been opened. It's around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good too. I'm sure it does. Yeah, here Double. it is. Wham, I'm showing them on camera, guys. Never opened. That's completely pretty. sealed. Oh, it, it is nice. nice. I got it after I beat the game. <laughs> but see, I'll, I'll, I'll concede the value of buying that either as a piece of memorabilia or as artwork. Yeah. But they, one of the things you get with this membership is you get uh, two coupons, one of which 
is 50% off of a new strategy guide. 50% oh. off a new strategy mm-hmm. guide? Well, is that paperback? Uh, it doesn't say, so it might be hardcover. Better be hardcover. But yeah. My point is, though, that, well, outside of, you know, the extreme collectors like yourself. <laughs> I keep showing them my yeah. books. <laughs> we, no longer, yeah. we no longer have any topics. This is just now Jarrett modeling all of his <laughs> strategy guides. <laughs> he just showed Marvel versus Capcom. Was it Marvel three? Hey, that's actually a straight up art book. Well, that's not a strategy guide. That's that's not. Show it off, yeah, no, but it's no, awesome. No. Look at that. Yeah, no, art, Look art at those book. pictures. Nice. Look at it. <laughs> Look at it. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Going. I'm being no, a dick. No. <laughs> They're clearly going for the game nuts, and I got better things to spend my money on than a discount card. I'm sorry. If you, this is the kind of thing that they're targeting people who aren't going to think about it long enough to realize one where the break-even point is, and two, to realize that it's probably not that, that you know it, it's probably not a good investment. They they want them to they want to hit you when the, you you're kind of caught off guard and you're thinking you know what I'm going to be making a bunch of game purchases over the next two years. Let me get in on this, and then I think they're hoping that you probably don't. And I think you're you're liable to get those people at console launch. So it makes sense. I can imagine that this is I can kind of see this program being available now and then not really being mentioned again. <laughs> yeah, I, I just it, 120 dollars is just such a brick wall to hit. Like, yeah, like even if they just did the one year for 60, like they might have a chance then. But this is just it's just so much when you're already spending a ton of money at the console launch, like. Some people might be like, what's another $120? Well, I'm going to be like, that's another $120. That's two more fucking games. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, if I'm willing to spend $120 on a gift card I, or not, a discount card, I'm willing to imagine I don't think about the future a whole hell of a lot. So I'm probably more concerned about what I can buy right now. I, I see their logic, but I just I don't think it's going to work. It'll work, just not on us. <laughs> I don't think it's sustainable. That's we thing. are immune it doesn't have to be sorcery. sustainable. It just has to get them just a little bit of money from people who are willing to give it to them. Yeah, I suppose they don't give a fuck. I mean, if they sell one, they're like, "Fuck it, we got like a hundred bucks." <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that's... if anybody's if anybody's going to be screwed, it's probably the employees who are going to be forced to, you know, make sure you sell, you know, X number of uh, unlocked Epic gaming packages this month, or else you don't hit your yeah. quota and your your shit can. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sh- no, no, they don't fire people for that. Oh. That's sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the policy. Anyway, yeah, um, don't expect to see me with one of those cards. <laughs> but <laughs> moving on if to I our... find one in the bushes, I will use it. <laughs> what, what if they made an art book of the cards? No. <laughs> I, I'm not that desperate, Nick. Yeah. Not that desperate. Let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, Nintendo has suspended Swap Note. Which is something I haven't used yet. I've only had a 3DS for a few weeks and I haven't used it. But you apparently people were swapping offensive material on Swap Note, and Nintendo doesn't know what to do, so they suspended it until they figure something out. Man, I've been drawing dicks on Nintendo consoles since Funhouse Games. That little card game? Just, that's it. I'm amazed it took them this long to shut it all down. <laughs> Dude, like, the thing about it is, like, that, like, uh, them. S- Swap Note isn't a service. I mean, Swap Note is just a—it's a feature, and they shut it off with an update. Mm-hmm. 
they shut it off with an update. They are overstepping their bounds. Yeah. I, I mean, that's something where most grown adults can use it properly. I mean, if you want to put adult controls in because little Jimmy's sending his pictures of wieners to little Sally or something, you know, give a parental parental control to shut that off. Fine, dandy. Or check on your kid when he's giggling and drawing all the time. Yeah, when he's in the like, corner. Don't shut off for all of his adults. Drawing on his own and giggling. You know. Yeah. Check it out. The fuck mm. you laughing at? Well, Frank, we there <laughs> was an issue at one point where kids were taking pictures of their dinks and sending them to other kids using the DSI. Nobody shut that feature off. Oh, I didn't even know about that. It, it was a small thing. Oh! <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, you, you just took Nick's job right there. Yeah. Damn I'm, it. I'm not hitting <laughs> my joke quota. I'm getting chicken. Um, taken away from me. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, like, Nintendo is just way overstepping their boundaries here. I mean, they, they I mean, I understand that they don't want uh, that to be associated with the Nintendo brand, but, dude, like, you can't. I mean, it would be different. So I, I guess maybe it would be different if it was a service and they just kind of shut it down because it violated the terms of service. But, oh, my God, like, there's adult content or, uh, you know, offensive content on Nintendo console. We can't let that happen. They're, they're going, coming in and just doing that is just too much. Like, no, who even knew that I was ha- – like, it's not like the general populace knew that was happening. No, you know? it's not like I have an epidemic of dinks coming towards me on my swap note. Jeez. Yeah, I, I had a quick visual right there, and thank God I did. <laughs> but um, yeah, I noticed I managed to grind everything to a halt. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a swarm of penises. Just shut the whole thing down. But, but I mean, really, this uh... is any any messaging service can have this happen. I know Nintendo likes to look family friendly, but I mean, anytime human beings can communicate with each other, they're going to send dinks. It's going to happen. You just have to roll with it and accept it. Yeah, I think Nintendo needs to... They just need to reactivate that because, I mean, they are hampering the service of the device. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to take it too seriously. I know they want to look like they're doing something, but this isn't the way. Yeah, like, what can they really do? Anything in the shape of a penis? No? Like, you know, X that (laughs) out? Like... Yeah, do we have the the Dink Squad, you know, hired on board to check every single note going through? It's like, no, that's a cock for sure, for sure. I know it. <laughs> Everything goes through Nintendo headquarters now. Yeah, like fuck, this guy's good at identifying Dinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what they're like. What could they possibly do? I mean, like, were they? You can attach pictures and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. to swap note. I think that's a feature they added, not actually, you know, that wasn't available on launch, but then they added it a little later. And you can actually just send pictures, put it into swap note and send it, but, I mean, okay, like, like, what could you possibly do about that? Give Say, do it again, and we'll shut it off again. You know, yeah. give a stern talking to. And I'm not sure about this. Do you need to have the other person's friend code to get stuff from swap note? I think you I do. Think so. Um, I mean, I guess you could street pass certain people. I, I guess, but there it's very picky. Like, like man, their products are picky. Like, uh, one of my friends tried to name their Pokemon Thorny, and it said it was offensive and wouldn't allow it. Really? Thorny. T-Horny. You got her. <laughs> T- 
Really? Yep. Like they they crack down like like Jeepers guys. I, I, I again I know this stuff is built for kids, but I mean has to be a limit here. Like if I have to have somebody's friend code to send it to them, odds are good I'm okay sending you know something stupid to them. Right. Like I'm not sure how like offensive images are coming across unless it's by someone the kid fucking knows. Well, th- there were allegedly problems of kids getting friend codes from people online, and then once they're friends with them on the system, at that point, then the relationship goes um, completely sour. I but think that, they have a problem when you're at that first stage, when you're getting the damn friend exactly, codes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like something that, 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 has I mean, already gone south. This, this fundamentally, I mean, it, it doesn't resolve that problem because they – if they've already established that online relationship, this all this says in Nintendo is like, look, I don't want to be involved in that part of it. And I, I almost, I almost think it's it's the kind of thing where Nintendo they didn't want to be involved in the transmission of that. They didn't want any responsibility for that. And for all we know, for, you know, for all we know too, this could be. They might be saying this was to protect the children, but if this is being used to transmit messages, who's to say that they're not worried about having to, uh, you know track messages that uh, the NSA or some, some services might be after. But um, regardless of that, though, I think the problem is that they didn't want to be involved in that. And then, then when you kind of realize, like, well, you know, there's still an end around this. You can use your, your cell phone. You can use the Internet to, to transmit the images. You can also use that for all your, your, your Snapchatting needs or Snap swap noting needs, whatever whatever this was called. I don't, I don't have a Nintendo system. I don't care. Um, <laughs> No, it's but stupid. I don't care it's about stupid. it. It's stupid. Yeah, Nintendo is stupid. It's, it's for kids. We all agree I, for once. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, I think I think to a degree, it, this this is stupid because that kind of connectivity is ubiquitous. But it's also not needed because that kind of connectivity is ubiquitous. And I think everybody who's lamenting that it's gone will find a workaround with other devices. Um, it's not like. Your, your your 3ds or your 2ds was replacing your cell phone anyway, so you'll still have that. You can still theoretically contact people on that, and you know send pictures of your dink with that. So exactly. at the end you of the day, stop it's, me, Nintendo. At the end, of, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, all you're doing is you're not using a Nintendo service to send your dink, and I guess that's what Nintendo wants. And now, you know, when it comes back online, I kind of want to find a way to just draw a dick picture and send it to somebody. Is just, it coming back online? It's at some point. Whatever Nintendo puts in place to stop me, I'm going to conquer it. Whatever, <laughs> you know. Somebody's getting a picture of a cock when I get when it comes back, okay? Damn it, why'd you ta- why'd I take your friend code? <laughs> just just so. saying. And then like that that's my flag of victory. <laughs> for Nintendo for this for this problem. Can we get chat roulette as we wear? Yes. <laughs> uh okay, well let's move on to our next topic, uh which is about Square Enix. Which apparently is back in the black, which is good. It's good. I guess they, uh, it looks like um, Final Fantasy fourteen money is doing doing them good. It's fourteen, right? Yeah, it's Final Fantasy sure. fourteen. I should know <laughs> because I actually have the game. Yeah, which is it's actually I haven't had a chance to play in like two weeks, but it's all right. Um, so yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen money and uh some mobile money helping out there. They're back in the black, but it looks like. All studios, according to the, this article from GamesIndustry.biz, all studios will shift focus to mobile and online titles with variable pricing. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like a terrible idea for a company whose fan base grew from, you know, single player, you know, deep, well, long experiences, I'll tell you that much. 
you know, yeah. that's where their fan base came from. Like, I mean, like besides, okay, besides Final Fantasy uh, and the Tomb Raider series, which I mean, Final Fantasy is definitely their 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 heavy their 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 you know heavy hitter. What else do they have? Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, that's that's recent. Like what? Like what else do they really have? Oh, Kingdom Hearts, you know. But that's also RPG esque. But like none of the like like well, they're not known for online. Maybe with Final Fantasy fourteen, that's gonna change now because doing well. But to shift focus to mobile and all all studios. I mean, I can see if you shift some studios, but all studios to mobile and online titles. Yeah, it just sounds You're, like it's gonna be Port City. For like yeah. the next next couple of years, because it's quick, easy cash for them. I mean, we already know that they're working on certain titles. Like we know that they're working on uh, a Kingdom Hearts uh, three. Like we know that that's on the way. Uh, but other than that, like what else? And Final Fantasy fifteen. But like what what happens after that? Phone games. Final think... Fantasy seven on phones. <laughs> over well, no, and well, over well, and over with every new generation release. Didn't didn't yeah. we technically have that? Wasn't there a Final Fantasy VII sequel, like something with Vincent? That was, um, that was, that was a, a sequel. Yeah, no, that was on um, that was PS3. Was it? Yeah, it was uh, the um, what you call? Having children. Um, Dirge uh, of Cerberus. Uh, yeah. fuck. no, that was shit. <laughs> really, I didn't mind it. I didn't. I, well, I'm not gonna tell you it's a good game, but I didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt to Cerberus, man. Angry. I don't know. It was just a fucking terrible shooter. What was the PSP one called, though? There was a Final Fantasy one on PSP. Uh, sequ- or prequel, I guess, to Final Fantasy Yeah, it's... Um, actually, I have it. It's... Uh, Why? But it's much far... It's Crisis Core. It's Crisis Core. There it is. That's supposed to be excellent. I have it. I just never played it. And I probably never will. Actually, no. Where's my <laughs> PSP? It's around there somewhere. <laughs> oh. You got everything right nearby. Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's my place is a mess, but you, you know everything's in arms. Everything. Le- everything is in arms length. That's not a mess. That's a triumph. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's Crisis Core. But yeah, back back on topic. I I don't know. I guess it's kind of. It's like they're chasing. They're chasing the money. That's that's what it, it feels like. They're chasing yeah. the money. They're a company. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. No, yeah, but you're supposed to be like smart about behind. it. Come on. Like you got to be ahead of the curve to succeed in business. Don't just like mobile's big now, so everyone we're all doing mobile. Especially we're since it, people it takes time to develop these games. Well, that's the problem, and I, I think the problem is that you're focusing a little too much on the mobile aspect because their concern is that it, ta- it, it exactly it takes time to develop these games, and they spend all this time developing all these assets, and games turn around, and you know what's popular one week it changes in a matter of weeks, and so they're looking to get stuff where they can have content updates on a more regular basis, so they can keep pushing out content. The traditional RPG, I don't think it really lends itself to that, but something like Final Fantasy Online, that does, where they can keep pushing out contents to keep players engaged. You know, if they have any any sort of microtransactions, they can, you know, make revenue that way. That's really what they're focusing on. They're kind of looking at the old traditional model of, you know, work for an entire PC generation or an entire console generation on one Final Fantasy game, push it out, and then that's kind of your big payday. That that's not sustainable. And so they're trying to adjust. Um, I don't, 
I mean, I, I guess mobile falls in so far as that's another device for them to work on. But they're they're looking more at the the, the, the evolution of the revenue model more and, and how that affects the development model um, more so than they are saying, oh no, we need to be on mobile devices. You thought about this way more than I did. I was just I just wanted to say no. no Big old was, uh, no. No, because there, there was an interview with uh, Yosuke Matsuda uh-huh. where he he talked about that, and he is the. Uh, what does it say? He's, he's the he's the president of Square Enix now, having replaced Yoichi Iwata, and he yeah. he talked about that a little bit about f- looking at looking at sort of the the turnover and revenue models and trying to trying to get on top of that. And I don't think it's I don't think they're shunning their player base. Um, I mean, you know, d- does Final Fantasy fourteen shun any of the Final Fantasy tropes? Does it feel like a fundamental enough Final Fantasy game? No, it doesn't. It feels like a MMO. Okay, maybe they are. <laughs> maybe they are. <laughs> but they well, they have lightning returns coming out, and they're. I, I mean, I think that's another thing too is that they've they, they've kind of gone off the deep end. Where for the longest time, you know, we were clamoring for Final Fantasy sequels. You know, especially after, I guess seven, and now it seems that that's all we get. <laughs> well, no, we wanted Final Fantasy sequels of good Final Fantasy games. You know, like seven. You know, or eight for some people who think that eight's better, or six for some people who think that six is better. Um, you know, they did ten and ten two, which I didn't mind ten two. Um, but then you know, I guess twelve would have been a good one. Actually, no, I didn't finish twelve, so I didn't see the ending. So maybe they could. No, Nick, you thinking saying no? No, no, no. I no, I'm, I'm shaking my head because I also didn't finish twelve either. Right, but like you know, I didn't even like. I couldn't. Even, well, I don't like Final Fantasy thirteen. Like I, I wasn't a fan of it. Because it was so linear, and then the fact that you know you didn't, you couldn't switch, you couldn't control multiple characters. That was just me. But um, actually, I think a lot of people felt that way. But there is a huge, um, there there's a large player base that do they did like it. They do like Final Fantasy thirteen, um, and they've gotten three doses of it because of like, <laughs> isn't fifteen a follow up to thirteen? No, that's different. Fifteen was supposed to was originally versus thirteen. Yeah, which isn't. No, that's a different game. Actually, Versus 13 reminds me of Kingdom Hearts from what I've seen. Like, it reminds me of Kingdom Hearts and its battle system. Like, it's like, it uses like a live fighting, like, battle system with RPG elements, but you know, I don't want to get too deep into that from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, it was supposed to be 13 and Versus 13, two totally separate games. What the hell? Where does Red 13 fit in all this? Uh, we're moving on, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I could be overreacting, but I just, we just need to see what happens with Square Enix and like how they handle this transition. But I really like if they if it if it's if it is what it sounds like, that's going to be terrible. Yeah, I don't know. There's their the recent mobile offerings. Like, uh, was it all? I think it was called All the Bravest. It was basically just like a DLC machine where it was just constantly pumping content at you and expecting you to pay for it. Right. So I just think they're they're just sort of money grubbing in the the uh, the mobile space and just sort of hoping for the best because the whole graphics is king thing they've been doing for a couple of years didn't work this generation it cost them years and it cost them a fortune so I I think there's I think they're still off target I still think they don't realize what it was that sold Final Fantasy VII why that captured so many people's imaginations the cutscenes helped I'm not gonna lie 
but that wasn't why people like Final Fantasy VII. They they don't they don't talk about the cutting edge graphics of it anymore. It was it was the story, and if they can get back to those sort of like storytelling, good storytelling experiences with a good combat system, then they will do fine. But they just need to scale back or just the super cutting edge graphics because it is not helping them. And I'm sure if they want to sell some ports on the phone for a while to get the company profitable again, I guess that's harmless as long as they release decent ports instead of like 100 ports of the same damn game with minor improvements. And that'd be nice. But just it just it feels very money grubbing. And I'm if that's what they need, you know, go for it. I'm not going to buy them because I already still own my copies. But I don't know. I just I don't care for this direction the company's going. Yeah, I guess time will tell. And we'll see, but we may be having this conversation next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, you know, hope, hopefully they haven't gone too far off the deep end. Yeah, <laughs> don't go all Capcom on us. Don't go all Capcom. Yeah, that would that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about somebody who actually did jump off that deep end, and his name was Adam Orth just a couple months ago. Uh, you may remember him from such hits as Deal with It. <laughs> that was a pretty big hit. Yeah, a lot like, of fan mail from that. Yeah. yeah, so basically, just as a refresher, Adam Orth was the ex creative director uh, for um, Xbox. Uh, yeah, for Xbox, or was it just Xbox Live? Or it's just Microsoft Studios creative director, sorry. Um, and he's the guy that tweeted he didn't understand what the big deal was about Always Online. And, you know, we were always online anyway with connected devices and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he ends the tweet with hashtag deal with it. And uh, that me and Nick and Joel were talking about earlier. And that's really where the problem came from. Yeah, that's where the problem stirred from, um, you know, spurred from. If he would not have put that hashtag, he wouldn't have gotten attacked. Or at least the attacks would have been way worse, you know. Uh, not to mention, somebody in his position probably shouldn't have said anything in the first place because, like, you're the creative director from Microsoft, and you say something like, oh, it's not that big of a deal for uh, Always Online. Deal with it, and it just makes it sound like, oh, you're, we're going to have to deal with it? How about I just don't buy your console? You know, that, that was the reaction from a lot of gamers. But he's at GDC talking about the, I guess, the the back not the backlash but the fallout from all that because he actually had to pack up and move he was uh getting uh, uh tweets and emails and eventually turned into phone calls and this is why you don't put your phone number on the internet folks uh but it, and all that and basically <laughs> death threats and stuff like that and him and Terry packed up and i believe they moved across the country they moved all all the way across the country and now he's working for a much smaller company. He says him and his family, they didn't know what they were going to do financially. Uh, and then coming off of something like that, like it's hard for some, for, some, for a big place to pick you up, you know, with bad PR like that. And you know? knowing you can't keep secrets and your mouth shut. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, companies um, don't like you doing that. Frig, when I worked at GameStop, you couldn't even like release minor pieces of information about games that were coming out without getting threatened to being fired. If they caught you doing it, you'd get kicked out. This is on a grand scale of getting caught. Right, yeah. It, it just it didn't come at a good time. It really didn't come at a good time. But he actually he did admit something that was kind of obscure. Like, cause when he left Microsoft, he made it seem like he was just leaving. It's like, nah, I was just leaving. It doesn't have anything to do with this. But in this this uh, this talk of GDC, um, 
he 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 definitely confirmed that you know he Microsoft didn't force him to quit that he resigned himself and it was because of this that mm-hmm. he did it. Oh um, Yeah, and basically he was just t- the, the the talk was about you know the toxicity of you know I guess the online communities and and things like that. Uh, but and and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's 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 right for somebody to give somebody else a death threat, you know, over something like this specifically. But at the same time, you have to take responsibility for your actions. Like you know, it was irresponsible in his position for him to tweet something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, especially to call out the internet like that, like to say deal with it. Like, oh, please don't. Yeah, at the please. very at the very least, he should have expected to have a huge backlash. I mean, mm-hmm. if somebody sees it and then boom, they send a reaction about it. You know, that's that's to me, that's not them harassing. I saw like harassment would be somebody with multiple accounts spamming you or sending you emails and stuff like that to me I, that that that's harassment or you know if they start telling you you know giving you death threats and stuff like that and just to clarify if somebody tells you to go die i don't consider that a death threat no. <laughs> you know you know if somebody says eat bleach and die that's not a death threat if somebody's saying something like i'm going to kill your family that's that's a different story you know like some type of you know biggie smalls rap song <laughs> like that's yeah it's not yeah i wouldn't um that, I, that's harassment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, if, if I can just go back for a moment, though, it's it, it, at least his argument as he portrays it in his uh, GDC Next speech isn't so much that he was calling out the internet. It was more that he was having a back and forth with a friend on Twitter, and the nature of their back and forth was fairly jovial and a little, a little, you know, sarcastic and, and you know, with a bit of an edge. And so his hashtag deal with it as he portrays it wasn't directed at the internet in general, but it was more directed at his friend in the tone of the conversation. Well, the problem being that the conversation happened on Twitter, which is to say that instead of having like a private conversation in your house, this is akin to you know being in a public forum with a microphone and yelling that back and forth to everybody where everybody's listening. So, I mean, it, it's not so much... I mean, fundamentally, you know, I can see how he, as an employee of Microsoft... Would you know? Would legitimately you know want to defend this, you know this product, especially if he believes in the product? If he actually doesn't see the issue with the online features, and if he's having that back and forth with somebody else who may agree with him and and, and feel the same way, I can kind of see how the conversation might get to that. The problem is that he completely lost sight of the fact that to do that on Twitter invites that response. And the problem too, the, the, the fundamental problem is if, if he had just said, you know, I don't understand why everybody has these problems with the always online function and left off that hashtag, somebody could actually reply to him and say, hey, here's why we have a problem with it. And that opens up a dialogue, which is that's fundamentally what Twitter is supposed to be for, encouraging dialogue, encouraging conversation. But what happened is as soon as he put that hashtag on there, that didn't open up a dialogue. That just brought the dogs in. And at that point, there's no there's no conversation to be had because it's completely drowned out by people, you know, you know, with, with the, you know, just being complete assholes. And, and to, then to that degree, I mean, it, it's it's a I mean, fundamentally, it, this is a cautionary tale for, for everybody that has any sort of online presence as far as always, always, always mind what you're saying and where you're saying it. Because there's no, you know, there's no backsies on this. You know, he can't, you know, he can't take that back. And and he lost his job and had to move as a result of that. 
Um, so I mean, he he for 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 his transgressions, he paid a very high price. But I mean, fundament, fundamentally, the problem is that there is an accepted culture of of hate speech. I shouldn't say it's accepted because I think most rational people kind of roll their eyes at it and ignore it. But that doesn't get rid of what's happening here. And really, it's it's the kind of thing where you know if 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 you're you know if you're with somebody and they're kind of being loud and saying like yo you know that guy's be you know like if you're at a bar somebody bumps you know your friend and your friend's like dude I, you know that guy bumped me i gotta get into a fight with him you might grab him grab him and be like dude like it was just the, the guy just bumped you like you know chill out you know calm down but you don't get that there's no you know dude chill there's no that doesn't happen on the internet instead you just get this echo chamber where you know it it, it escalates in this in this you know to the point where, yeah, he has to move. That, I mean, that's you know, for for a, a decision. I mean, how long do you think it took him to compose that tweet? Uh, all of thirty seconds. I mean, for a decision like that, the ramifications that that had on his life. I mean, okay, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have tweeted that. I'll, I'll concede that. But it's this isn't entirely his fault, and I think he's he's very valid in, in giving this talk to kind of you know I think highlight that because. The only way we can kind of improve the culture online is to talk about it and have these discussions and ultimately, you know, raise the level of discourse so that the people who, who immediately, instead of, instead of responding to something, you know, you can disagree with the deal with it. You can talk about the deal with it, but the death, death threats aren't a discussion. They don't, they don't foster learning. And we need to move past that as a, as an online community to, to, to get anywhere. And, and, and that's ultimately, I think that's what he's trying to do here. Okay. Uh, one thing, that whole, the, the thing about the deal with it, that definitely came before he started having interaction with his friend. That, that definitely came before the, the interaction and the back and forth with his friend, his friend responded to the deal with it and they went back and forth, which made it, which made the problem a little worse. Cause people started watching that conversation. You know, thinking he was just talking to a normal guy. So the deal with it definitely was put out there for for the masses, and and this is what he gets. And I don't feel sorry for him. Uh, I you know when you we when you're in that position and you have all these followers, especially because you're the creative director of Microsoft Studios, you have to tweet with responsibility. You do. Like it's you know you got to watch what you say. You know, like it, it's. You know, like a famous person, they, they, they can't, I mean, I guess, technically speaking, they can tweet whatever they want to on their Twitter accounts, but then they have to deal with the ramifications. You are 100% entitled to your own opinions. 100%. But you then, if you share those opinions, you got to deal with the backlash. That's a reality that a lot of people do not want to recognize. When you say something, you should... I mean, I guess in a perfect world, you should be able to say something and that's it. But we live, this is far, far from a perfect world. So if you say something, especially if it's controversial, prepare for backlash. Prepare for, you have to be prepared for it. Don't just be like, oh, I say, I, I should just be able to say it. I should be able to walk down a dark alley without having to be worried about getting robbed. But do I? No, I avoid dark alleys. <laughs> you know, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, it's, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you have to live in the world that we live in, you know. Did, did you actually say in the middle of that that Adam Orth has to deal with it? 
Yes, he has to deal with it. Yes, that is exactly it. Exactly. Hashtag deal with it. I was wondering yeah. why you had that big ass smile on your face. I was, he was like, I was like, oh, Nick must have a pun. <laughs> I, it was you. That was all you. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just recognizing your your hard work there. Oh, well, thank you very much. But yeah, so I mean, I agree with like you know, of course, the the level uh, of hate that comes back is. It's a problem, but at the same time, like, while you're trying to fix that, you can't just be saying shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't just let let it out, unless you don't care. Like, you know, I'd say my opinion and not really care about it, you know, because, yeah, it's, that, that, that's just me. But, I mean, obviously he did to the point where he felt he had to move. He got death threats, but he ne- nobody ever came to his house or there, there was nothing to... There was nothing to uh, prompt him to move besides the threats themselves, which are all pretty much probably idle. But, you know, that's that's really a game of chicken, and especially if he's got kids. You know, I mean, how much? I mean, how? how I guess that's fundamentally a question. Like, how how willing are you to just say, "Oh, it's an online thing, and we're fine." That is true. Hey, you know, he he took the steps he felt he needed to take. So, uh, but I I wonder who who received more heat this well actually no i'm sorry he definitely received more heat than adam sessler did about his recent opinions and tantrums uh which that's going to bring us into our next topic which is uh well actually the next topic isn't about adam sessler it's about the whole resolution issue uh between the xbox one particularly with the xbox one against the ps4 so uh, last week, Adam Sessler was catching some heat because of uh, a bit of a tantrum he threw on Twitter. And this week, on in uh, I guess it's Sessler something is the name of his show uh, that he does on Revision 3, he pretty much dismissed the fact that the Xbox One running games at 720p or having to run games at 720p isn't that big of a deal. Now, last week, when we talked about it briefly, it was just Call of Duty which is running at 720p, 60 frames a second. But more recently, we found out that also a few games, including Dead, I want to say Dead Island, but it's Dead Rising 3, uh, is going to run at 720p at 30 frames per second, not even 60 frames. So, of course, people are getting you know, upset. This whole thing has turned into something called Resolution Gate, uh, which everything's a gate now when it's a, you know, it's a, <laughs> a thing, I guess you can say. So, you know, it turned into a resolution gate and people are pissed. And, um, you know, he's catching a little flack based off of what he's, you know, he says basically that it's not that big of a deal when, I'm sorry, it is, it is a big deal. Every game, every single launch title should be coming out of the door, 1080p, 60 frames per second. With this generation, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, if you if you, if it's the Xbox One or the PS4, it needs to be 1080p, 60 frames a second, just because from a hardware perspective, it's like what have you been doing? Like, how did you build the system that you can't that you can't meet those specifications? Yeah, why I can't spending 500 bucks on a new system that can't even do that. Like, uh, I mean, if I'm going to invest in the next gen, I expect you know the graphics to be better. I mean, that's that's the selling point of the new console, isn't it? Better graphics. That's always been what that, it is. That's the visible. That's the visible. Uh, you know, well, aspect for a of schmuck it. like me. That's what I look for. Yeah, well, that's what and they, if they have can't to sell. Do that. Like, if they went and talked about, oh, the games are going to be smarter. People are like, so, 
Mm-hmm. You Is know? that fucking mean? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you say this game's smarter than me? You want to fight about it? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. So, but go, go ahead, Nick. I know you got something to say. No, I, mean, I was just thinking here because, I mean, fun, these are all launch games that are having this problem. And they're all launch games on the Xbox. Um, what were the specs of that, uh, what was it, like two graphics cards taped together that we were hearing about rumors from the Xbox dev kits back in the day and you were complaining about that because there's no way that that would actually be what was in the the uh actually be what was in the console do you remember that well two graphics cards taped together yeah the, the, when, when 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 the the, uh, the xbox one uh before we even knew it was called the xbox one um when the 720 uh specs were first leaked uh, it, it was alleged to basically be. Um, I don't think they were actually taped together, but it was it was comparable to two. I, I want to say it was two Radeon cards taped together, and I remember you were completely disbelieving of that and and could not believe that they would use a console like that because your PC already could output better better graphics. Oh, oh than yeah, those cards. it was it was. I think it wasn't just the fact that they were saying they were going to use two cards, but the cards they were saying they were going to use, you know, specifically. Um, those two, uh, yeah, those two cards were like low spec cards that like my PC would blow away two years ago. So yeah, that was, that was back then. But, but is it possible, is it possible that that actually was the dev kit? And so you're getting these launch games with terrible resolutions because that's how they were designed with shitty dev kits because it took Microsoft that long to get that all ironed out. I'm sorry, but with, with a game like, first of all, Call of Duty, uh, and then a, a a major Xbox One exclusive, Dead Rising, they would have made sure that they had the most up-to-date dev kits so they can deliver the best experience possible on those games. Who's to say this isn't the best experience? That, and that's, that's the problem. That's <laughs> yeah, the problem. This is, our, this is our crux of our issue here. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, you know, these games should be coming out the gate flying. They should be... Mm-hmm. They should look so incredible... And so silky smooth. You know, most of these players don't even know what 60 frames per second looks like. When they see 60 frames per second and high resolutions, they are going to shit their pants. There is going to be an epidemic of pants shitting going on. <laughs> okay? The Banana, Republic, of the the Banana Republic will be out of pants. You know, because people will need to constantly replace their pants when they see what that shit looks like. Yeah. Invest in pants if yeah. they ever get their act together for console launch. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's going to take their pants off, and then that's going to lead to the epidemic of dinks. You know, just actually, be honest with you. God, damn, I'll be perfectly honest with you. They could have, they could take games from, let's say, last, last, uh, last generation, clean them up a little bit, and then play them at 60 frames per second, and that will look better than what they have out right now. That looks much better. I mean, I'm trying, like, what? Well, go ahead. Didn't they do that? Wasn't there the whole copy pasta with uh, <laughs> Call of Duty? <laughs> no, that was um with Call of Duty. That's animation. They reused the animations over again. But I'm talking about let's say you take um let's say you take like a, the Last of Us. You know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily have to bump up the textures, but you could just you know just like smooth them out a bit. Not even that that much, and then um play it at 60 frames per second, and like it, like it'll look incredible compared to what is that you actually played but you're it's it's going to be more than that like you're talking about like not just 1080 resolution 
but like high resolution textures at 60 frames per second. When I say 60 frames per second, the most console people, they're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Want to fight about it? Like, but they don't know what I'm talking about. Like, a lot of people don't. Like, yeah, yes, this is how I can't play that much Call of Duties in the battlefields. Yeah. That's many FPSs. Yeah. Third is much more reasonable. I can play that many. Well, yeah, just like, I feel like, you know, because from a PC perspective, the reason why, well, you know, PC people aren't really too excited about these consoles is because we have these graphics already at 60 frames per second for the most part. So, like, for, for the console gamers, like, it, it would have made it seem so much worth it if they can get the high-resolution textures at 60 frames per second. Like, oh, my God, it was totally worth the $500 when it's really not worth the $500 at this point. When you have these major games coming out, it's, you know, 720p, upscale to 1080p, uh, you know, it's, you know, at 30 frames per second in the case of Dead Rising. At the very least, if you're going to have 720p, God damn it, you better have 60 frames per second, you know. But then you have games like Forza, who, you know, that game is coming out 1080p at 60 frames per second, you know. But then again, that game has to be downloaded when you pop the disc in for the first time. You have to download the rest of that game after you buy it. The fuck? Maybe, maybe that's the high tech, re- the uh, the high resolution, the high resolution textures. <laughs> yeah, but apparently, like, yeah, Call of Duty is not the one. That's that's discomforting, uh, disturbing because um, you know, Microsoft and Activision have had that relationship when it comes to Call of Duty for years. Everything's first on Xbox. That's a huge commitment. And you mean to tell me the PS4 version is gonna look better? You know, that's like small. That's why resolution gate is a problem. Like you got these new consoles coming out, and you know, and we're just in these these games that are coming out. We know they're not they're not stressing the system. Well, I shouldn't say not stressing the system, but they're not using the system's full power. Nobody uses the system's full power when it first comes out. So what happens when there's a game that's so powerful that the PS4 has to play it at 720p? You know, what happens to the Xbox One version then? Nothing? Nick is using the devil's <laughs> advocate. That means I am 100% right in this situation. Because <laughs> Nick are. has you, nothing. You, no, especially because we don't know we don't know the full reasoning behind why this is, other than you know the simple rationale that the, the Xbox just isn't as powerful as the PlayStation. Yeah, there's going to hit a point where... Well, I think what's going to happen is we won't see that. At least for a cross platform title they there we won't hit a point where the playstation 4 will have to be downscaled because they they wouldn't be able to do the same on the xbox so i think what fundamentally what that what that winds up saying is that every cross-platform title will look better on the playstation 4 well that's yeah that's what you know that's what it seems like i mean who knows what's really going to happen there could be a very good reason but they're not saying why, why this is the case, why these games are. Maybe this is another Microsoft communication. Maybe they need to communicate why this is an issue right now because it's looking like the PS4 is going to be the better bet for gamers. And once again, the Xbox One is a, is a cable box that plays games. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Silly, silly shit. But isn't, isn't this all... I mean, maybe this is all just sort of a hedged bet insofar as for the first generation in any way, the games are going to look better regardless. I mean, 
at least jumping from your Xbox 360 and your PlayStation 3 to even the the 720p, you know, upscaled Xbox One, the game is still going to look better. There's still going to be an upgrade. It's not going to be the same upgrade that you get with the PS4, but there is still an increase there. And is it possible that maybe they're sort of hedging that and saying, okay, well, you know what? Next year, when more people will be ready to move on because their their existing consoles are another year older, and we have more games out for the the consoles and the install base of spaces have grown by a year at that point now everything's going to be 1080p so not only not only do you have the jump from not i mean you, you sort of get the initial jump but then it's like there's another jump at that point it almost looks like it, it's it's two jumps and so maybe that's kind of where they're hoping to dazzle everybody i'm not buying it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like it just feels like you're paying more for less like I, Microsoft still has a huge problem on their hand. The fact that they are $500 versus the PS4 is $400. And the PS4 is looking better and better every day because of it. You know? Like, I mean, I'm definitely getting a PS4. It's just a matter of when. Xbox One is still up in the air for me. That shouldn't be an issue at this point. You know? That should, as a gamer, that shouldn't be an issue. My goal is should be to have both consoles. You know? But as a, with the Xbox One, like... I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they want to do. Yeah, I really don't want anything to do with it right now. I was pretty diehard using my Xbox for the longest time, but they just—they can't seem to get it together or get anything outright. Like, like stop letting Sony beat you at stuff. <laughs> You're not making this very hard for Sony at all. Like, come on, guys, get it together. Like, these are things that people look for. Like, people who don't have much knowledge of like graphical output or anything like that, they just flick the box around. See, oh, Xbox runs 720p, PS, Sony runs at uh, 1080p. Well, that was an easy decision. Yeah. Does it actually does it actually say that on the console boxes themselves? I get the impression it says that on the game. It says it on the disc of the game. So you're flicking your discs around at launch because I, I do know people who look at that. They're going to wonder why. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So this resolution thing is a big problem. I think Microsoft needs to get under wraps because it's not going to go away. Like I think they're just hoping this thing goes away, and hoping for good reviews when the system comes out, and hoping that people will remember that. But there's so there was so much shit that happened this year, so much shit that happened this year that is not good for them. It's just marketing defeat after marketing defeat after marketing defeat, and the the best thing that they've done for the last few months is be fucking quiet. <laughs> yeah. Get everybody to shut their damn mouth. Exactly. Like, that's one of the best <laughs> things they did. And then they released the commercials that talked about games. Mm-hmm. That was it. So I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what they're gonna do. They need to get it together uh if they want to if they don't want this to, to crush them, which it can, dude. It, it, it really can. It it can be a problem. Um, there is, if, if I can just jump in here one second, there is one thing in the, the Forbes article that they mentioned, is that yeah. Microsoft is promising to have four times as many consoles available as Sony at launch. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> so they're hoping the PS4s run out and people just buy these instead. That well, seems to be they, the plan. Yeah, and that, you know, and, and who knows, we'll, see, we'll have to see if that strategy works. Yeah, Christmas, that, that plan doesn't hurt. I mean, sometimes, there's a lot of grandmoms out there who'll buy whatever the hell they can get their hands on, so. That's true. That's true, so. I guess we'll find out soon, huh? Uh, but yeah, I think all that's going to wrap us up for the day. Let's see what's, what's, 
coming out here. Contrast, um, finally. Con- oh, yeah. When Contrast, Contrast is out? next Friday. Next really? Friday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, then okay. we should be talking about that next week. God damn right. Hope well, so. no, we won't because it's the week after we'd be talking about it. No, no, but I mean, we should be saying it'll come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll next come week. out next week, yeah. Um, let's see. Need for Speed Rivals, which I'm not getting. <laughs> uh, I haven't even looked at a single trailer for that shit. Which, you know, kind of... I called. I just called the shit without looking at a trailer, but you know, I just know because I'm a gamer. That's how I know. <laughs> was that the trailer that the had uh, Jesse Pinkman? No, that was um the actual Need for Speed movie. Oh, so he's gonna be in the movie. I don't even know what the whole rivals thing is about in this game, but uh, I'm just not interested. But hey, who knows? I didn't think Assassin's Creed Four was gonna be good. Maybe this game will be all right. Who knows? Uh, but you got games coming out for the Xbox One and PS4 next week, like NBA 2K14, uh, Madden 25, FIFA 14. Uh, let's see what else is coming out. When, Actually, huh? when do the consoles themselves launch? PS4 is November 15th, right? Yeah, it's next Friday. Next Friday, yeah. When's the Xbox One? A week after, I think. week after, yeah. But the games are coming out ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, they've been, they huh. have been coming out. Yeah, huh. you just grab him ahead of time. Uh, let's see. Enemy Within, uh, XCOM. That's an expansion coming out. That's going to uh, be good. Killzone, Shadowfall, Naku, you know, all the PS4 stuff will be out next week. Minecraft for PS4, because that is a great use of your system resources. Yeah, That is going to be terrible. Console. That is going to be terrible upscale from 720p. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, Warframe, uh, for is coming out for PS4, which actually I tried playing Warframe again the other day and I just wasn't feeling it. I mean, the, the actually I, I I met the uh, the girl who does the the voice of of the tutorial of the uh, I forget what they call that lady. There's like a woman that does a tutorial, and I, I know the girl. Um, and I know her, but I met her. She's a nice girl. The, 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 the tutorial. Uh, dive kick for PS4. Contrast, like, you know. Uh, yeah, Contrast is even free if you have PlayStation Plus, I've heard. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, so that's, uh, I feel justified in my PS4. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that, that's free only on the PS4? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I may have to uh, buy one now. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Good yeah. job, Sony. <laughs> Yep, but yeah, a lot of stuff coming out next week because of, of the console release, and of course the PS4 is coming out. So I guess we'll uh, we'll be talking more about that next week. I'm pretty sure we'll have some stories. You know, maybe somebody will break down a Walmart door or something like that. Who knows? Something <laughs> delightful like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap us up for today. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud.com/slash Smash Those Buttons. On iTunes, we're on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices. We're on Twitter.com slash MTB site. We're on Facebook.com slash mash those buttons. And we are on YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. So you can catch us all there. Um, most recently on YouTube, we have the Mega Man series. But me, Joel, and Joey Men got a chance to play through um, Final Exam. And so we're going to be uploading videos for that soon. All right, so you, you get a chance to see our antics there. Uh, but like I said, thank you for listening, as always, and we will catch you guys next week. If you're going to get a PS4, be safe. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
Make sure you take vitamins with you. Vitamin C. It's going to be cold out there if you're Practice in the Northeast. Practice safe resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. For everybody going, enjoy BlizzCon. Warlords of Draenor. It's going to be awesome. An epidemic of dicks.